What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we're going to take a look at the Los Angeles Chargers' 30-24 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs were either close to or a full touchdown favorite, depending on when you got in there and made your bets. I myself was trying to talk myself into putting the Los Angeles Chargers with a 10-point teaser to get 17.5, and and that's where I felt comfortable, but I didn't lay it down on the Los Angeles Chargers getting that many points because I feel like any time you bet against Patrick, that's a bad call, and Patrick is kind of a, a secondary home team for me because he is a Texas Tech quarterback where I went to school, and it does kind of feel like our guy. So no matter what team he plays for, I'd probably be a fan. So the fact that it's Kansas City, the fact that they aren't a huge market makes them easy to root for. But also have a soft spot for the lovable loser types and a good rebuild when it comes to NBA, MLB, and the NFL. I like I like a good rebuild, and I tend to adopt those teams a little bit when I like the way that they're going about their business rebuilding a team. And the Los Angeles Chargers caught my eye last year when they put Justin Herbert on the field against these same Kansas City Chiefs. And while he lost that game, he definitely showed us something at that time that he didn't need to ever step off the field for the Chargers as long as he's healthy and still has his laser rocket arm. I called for it then, and... Obviously, that worked out. He's He got a lot of experience last year, and it definitely wasn't perfect. There were plenty of rookie mistakes, and there were plenty of times where he wasn't putting touch on stuff where he needed to, and Eckler was hurt at times. They had a really bad offensive line last year, and I'm really proud of the way that the Chargers have put a lot of those things behind them and stepped up and won this game when they were a team that was notorious for not stepping up and winning games before and bungling situations and just, you know, putting themselves in situations that they didn't have to be the behind, but they ended up being behind. It just was all kinds of things that happened to them in these last couple of years under Anthony Lynn. And I'm not saying that it was Anthony Lynn's fault necessarily, but clearly it feels like the Chargers are better coached at this time and seem to put some of those things behind them, and I'm really proud of them for doing so. And I was also a big fan of how they went out and protected Justin and gave him a better situation when it came to his line. It wasn't that they hadn't put resources into it in the past, and having Rashawn Slater fall to you when he did was also a huge key, and he has played really well on Justin Herbert's backside. As a matter of fact, the addition of Filer on top of that, has, and then you throw in Lindsley at center, that has made a really strong left side for the Chargers. Justin being right-handed, having his backside protected so well by a rookie is definitely a great development, and... Yes, like I said, there was a little luck in him dropping that far to them, but it was a great pick. And then you throw resources into the middle. You'd already you know, thrown some resources at Brian Bulaga, who wasn't out there today, 
And it just shows a willingness to protect your star, to protect the thing that is going to get people interested in your team. I know that season ticket sales were up. I know that it's not quite the same crowds at their games. I mean, it was a lot of Cowboys fans there last time, but still it's, it's a better situation. Obviously not playing in the soccer stadium anymore also helps still. It all seems to be coming up chargers right now. And it all focuses around Justin and for the team to rightly do everything they can to support him in his second year is something that I absolutely wanted to see. I wish the Bengals would have put as much emphasis as the Chargers did. They still tried, no doubt, but it just wasn't quite the same. And while I like Burrow, too, I think Justin is the better quarterback prospect at this point. Just because of the physical attributes, he's incredible with his flamethrower arm, the way that he works the field. He's got two great receivers to do it with, with Keenan and Mike Williams. And I know they make him look a little bit better than he is, but that's part of it is having connections with your guys, being able to put them in positions to catch balls and in short parts of the field, as well as the long parts of the field. And Justin has put both parts together. And then you've got Eckler underneath that really threatens the defense. When he gets the ball, he looks healthy as well. And he provides them with a situation where you have to pick your poison. If you cover everything deep and you go too hard that direction, he can dump it off underneath. And I don't even mind having Jared Cook underneath there as well because he still has some juice left. And that takes a little pressure off of Parham. And they can continue to mix him in there as well. So when you're giving me all of this juice, I think of an NFL team as a bunch of ships that are all moving towards one goal. And sometimes those ships get out of whack and they have their own goals and they're moving in different directions and the team's out of sorts. And that's been the case for the Chargers a lot of times. It seems like everything's moving in the same direction now with the regime change. And I couldn't be happier with that because I want Justin to be supported because he is so special of a talent. It's not just the arm talent either. Obviously, his ability to push the ball up the field into spaces that other quarterbacks cannot push it is key. And he's on my God tier as far as arm goes. It's him, Patrick, Josh Allen, and Matthew Stafford. Those are the guys that have the flamethrowers attached to their arm. And Justin might be number one at this point. But it's like I said, it's not just that. It's also the fact that he's mobile not only within the pocket, I love his mobility within the pocket, and he's gotten better pockets today and typically than other quarterbacks have been getting. So that allows him to unleash the flamethrower, no doubt. But it's also his running when he actually has to take off, too. He's got big, long strides. He's not slow at all, and he does threaten the defense a little bit there. And it's going to get him a little extra yards and a little extra juice In fantasy, I know it's not a lot, but every little bit helps, and you have to keep the defense honest. A defense needs to know that you will take off and that you're not just a stationary target back there. That's kind of what's happening to Big Ben a little bit as he's gotten a little bit more stationary and a little bit more stationary as the years have gone on and defenses are able to tee up on him a little bit more. Justin has a way better arm than Big Ben ever thought about having, even though Big Ben 
had a really solid arm at one point that and and that has waned. But it's important for Justin to have that mobility because if you you know turn into that guy that is too stationary back there, it doesn't matter how good your arm is when they're able to get to you so easily. So you have to be careful with that. And I think Justin checks all the boxes for that. So to have him protected and to have him pull off the win today means a lot. And I definitely have him in a lot of fantasy spots as well. And he kind of underwhelmed just a little bit from what I thought he could do. He gotten kind of unlucky. It felt like with the touchdown situations. And now he's given you a little taste of what it can be like when the scoring situations present themselves a little bit better and he's not being hampered by a lack of drives like he was in the Cowboys game. Obviously, fantasy is one thing. I think it's clear this is a good sign for Justin and I think he's still set up for a big year. A lot of it has is going to fall on Keenan and Mike Williams staying healthy, which so far so good. Keenan had been a lot better up until last year about his health, but it had health issues to start off his career. The only reason I talk about the health though, is that's the only thing that I can see derailing Justin Keenan and big Mike at this point. Sure. There's going to be worse days for all three of them, out there but if they're getting this type of protection on top of being dynamic as route runners and catchers of the football that's a situation for success it's sustainable and it's just going to really fall on the line health whether or not they're just going to continue to have time like they did today it's not to say that kansas city didn't do anything to get back there at all far from it They got 15 pressures of their own, seemed to be at less critical times, and and Justin didn't seem to have to run quite as much as Patrick did. It seemed like Patrick was a little bit more consistently under pressure and having to maneuver around the pocket, where it was just Justin had a little bit easier time sitting back there than Patrick did, and that seemed to be a big difference in the game overall. So clearly, you're locking in Justin, you're locking in Keenan, Mike. I think those are all great plays going forward. Mike may be a little bit more inconsistent just because his balls are based more on the big plays and the touchdowns. But Justin showed last year he looks to big Mike in tough situations too. And they've developed more chemistry in the deep ball and just chemistry overall, I would say. So I'm definitely buying on Big Mike. I'm definitely buying on the Chargers being a serious contender. Just like any other team, we just need to monitor the health. As far as Austin Eckler goes and the running game, he looks locked in as well. After that first week where his catches were limited, he once again had six catches for 52 yards, one of which he took in for a touchdown. That was a beautiful play. And as I said earlier, he's a part of the equation that makes them successful because he does create this situation where if, you know, you go too deep and you cover Justin's arm, he can make you pay underneath with his slithery style, the speed plays, and it creates mismatches with the defense, just like Keenan and Mike do. So having all three of those in tow really put Justin over the top today and puts this offense over the top. And once again, we're locking in the other two. 
We're also locking in Austin Eckler. It doesn't hurt that. It's kind of a narrow target tree outside of that as well. You've got some Jared Cook in there. You've got some Parham. I like what both of them are offering up the seams. And then really, there's there's not a whole lot else going on there. Jalen Guyton got a target. Larry Roundtree mixes in there a little bit. But it's not much else going on there, which is what you want out of your fantasy producers there. So outside of an injury, which we'll just keep our fingers crossed, doesn't happen. I don't see that happening. I wouldn't be super excited if Larry Roundtree took a hold of the situation at running back either. He doesn't seem to offer a lot of pop as a running back and seems to be just a guy to me. I will say, though, on the Eckler side, he did steal two goal line touches, although he wasn't able to convert either of them. You don't like seeing that for Eckler, for for them to put Roundtree in in an obvious running situation like that. You don't like that, but at the same time, I also think it's partly to keep Eckler healthy for the whole season, too. So it is what it is, but and they haven't been using Roundtree exclusively or anything, so it's not like it's a huge concern, especially when I don't see him really offering near as much pop. It's more of just trying to take some of the load off of Eckler. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's during one of the most leveraged plays that really makes or breaks your fantasy team. That's unfortunate, but I don't know. I don't see it being one of those things where he's exclusively going to be the goal line back and going to steal just a terrible amount from Eckler overall. So let's move over to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the first time they've had a losing record in a long time. And obviously you don't want to be one and two, but at the same time, I don't feel like anybody in the Chiefs kingdom should panic for any amount of time whatsoever. Obviously you'd like to see a little bit more from the remade offensive line. And really if Lucas Diang would have been able to handle Joey Bosa a little better, we probably would have been talking about the Chiefs first versus talking about the Chargers because they won the game. It's a credit to the Chargers defense that they were able to keep the Chiefs in front of them, limit the big plays, absolutely keep Tyreek Hill from getting behind them while also rushing Patrick to the point where he was uncomfortable most of the day. I felt like that was the big difference was Justin was able to sit back a little bit more versus Patrick was having to make things happen a little bit more. And it's a credit to Patrick that they still had a chance to go down there and drive, even though they would have had to score a pretty improbable touchdown there at the end after the Chargers had driven down there and scored. They also did it without Frank Clark, which is a big key to their defense and to their pass rush. So that can't be papered over either. And really, the game probably would have gone a lot differently had the Chiefs been able to hold on to the ball early, whether that be the horrible catch by Joe Fortson or the fumbles by Tyreek and Clyde Edwards-Alaire early on. It just really shot the Chiefs in the foot early and kept them from getting up and being able to put the Chargers on notice. Instead, they were kind of playing from behind after the Chargers were able to get some stuff going before halftime. I was a little concerned about both these teams at first when they first got going, but 
obviously this was a classic game and it felt like a Justin Herbert coming out party, especially when you're going against Patrick who has already done his Super Bowl and MVP thing. And you're a guy that looks like he's stepping into that kind of limelight. He's got a long way to go to be as good as Patrick. And the fact that Patrick was able to make this as close as it was felt like it was him kind of pulling it out versus the Chargers beating them. It was kind of odd to watch the Chiefs not be able to rip off big plays and to really be all that explosive. It, when they moved the ball, it was more methodical, and the Chargers kept the whole defense in front of them, and it led to a lot more Travis Kelsey than Tyree Kill, who still got his, but still it was impressive that they were able to hold Kansas City without a play longer than 28 yards. And I don't think anything's wrong with Kansas City at all. I just think that Kansas City is pretty sure of themselves and don't feel like they have to press themselves in any one game in the regular season beyond their limits. I've noticed that ever since they won the Super Bowl, they do a lot more playing with their food when it comes to the teams they're playing in the regular season. And it still feels like they're filling a lot of things out as it comes to their line, as it comes to their protections and the offense itself. And with the Chargers daring you to run the ball and be patient and have to make these long drives, it was just a question of could Kansas City really contain themselves and could they continue on with the drives and make scoring drives? And typically that's the case, and that's a bad bet to dare them to do that to you. That's why you see teams get beat over the top because – They know that they'll get eat up either way, so they go one way or the other, and then Tyree gets by them and the like. But the Chargers were methodical as far as that went, and then they got the fumbles early. They got the turnovers, and it made all the difference in the world as far as this game went. Not putting the Chargers on notice, not making them feel the pressure of trying to cheap up with the Chiefs certainly, I feel like, contributed to the the way they played. And while I don't want to take it away from the way they played, and I thought it was a big time coming out party for Justin and the Chargers overall and their new coaching regime, I still don't find myself worried about the Chiefs at all. It's a totally remade unit. And while I really want Miko Hardman to be good, it doesn't have that same second wide receiver that Sammy Watkins kind of brought to the table which is going to happen as Mahomes' contract gets bigger and bigger in the years go. But still, you expect the Chiefs to be able to keep up with the Chargers and to get more out of their offense from week to week. And the fact that it hasn't happened all that much so far is just disappointing. It's not what you want to see if you're a Chiefs fan, but I don't think I'm hitting the panic button at all. I think all the different options are still going to have a chance to do what everybody expected them to do. You just have to know that it's going to ebb and flow. There's going to be times where they double Tyreek and they have safety help over the top. And there's going to be times where he is able to get one-on-one and get past everybody. So, and that's how drafting wide receivers go. That's why you see a lot of running backs up top because it used to be more predictable and a higher upside thing, but The power has shifted as much as ever, and the power has shifted to the pass catchers in fantasy and in regular football overall, and now teams run just to keep you off balance. 
the Chargers kind of dared the Chiefs to do that too. And the Chiefs did take advantage, but once again, it was all methodical drives and the Chargers did a good job of rushing the passer and breaking a good deal of those up. In addition to the turnovers, there was a lot of pressures on Patrick. And once again, he's one of the best at getting away and doing cool and funky things with the ball, but he needs more of a pocket and he needs the right side, especially to hold up more if he's really going to get off in in certain days and they're really going to be able to open up everything as far as the playbook goes. It does feel like it's a little bit more dependent on Kelsey and Tyreek this year. I didn't think Sammy being gone was going to have that much of an effect on everything, but maybe it's just their lack of replacing him that's done it. Obviously they'd hoped that Miko would be able to do so. And Miko got the touchdown, but I feel like he's just a little too gadgety to be that second guy, even in this offense. And then I like Demarcus Robinson just fine, but he's just better suited to be knocked one peg down the notches here as far as the wide receivers go. And, this offense hasn't worked Clyde Edwards Alaire in to the passing game as much as I would like either. I know he was able to get out there for 26 routes, but still I feel very underwhelmed with the two targets, even when he was able to score a touchdown on that screen, that was definitely manufactured. And I love the way that he's moving out there. I, I think he looks fast and he's got all his agility, which makes him effective in the short area and helps him avoid tackles. I just wish that Patrick checked it down to him a little bit more or that he was more of a focal point overall. It still feels secondary and it still feels like unless, you know, they're up or unless teams are daring them to run the ball like this, that he's not Clyde Edwards is going to be a little bit or more erratic than I would like him to be. But as far as the health on him, Tyree, Kelsey, Michael, Patrick, all that looks It looks just fine. I still think the offensive line is going to produce. It's just a really bad matchup that they're able to put Joey Bosa onto Niang like that. But that's also part of starting two rookies on one side of your line there. I mean, I know Niang isn't technically a rookie, but this is still, he's still pretty young. And you put him next to Trey Smith at right guard, and that can create some issues. It felt like it was definitely Thune and Brown that they were running over for the most part. But even Orlando didn't kill it in the pass rushing part of it or even really the running blocking part of it either. So we'll hope this is an aberration. We'll hope that Staley was able to get to them. And obviously, they're going to get another chance at this. I don't think that you're selling off of any of your fantasy aspects. I have the Chiefs in my Super Bowl winner bet and I'm not trading them either based off of this and based off of a tough loss versus the Ravens, but it does show that they're mortal and that the offensive line may take a little time to gel. That's something that can happen over a season, and if the Chiefs are able to get teams on a string running the ball, I think that will be crazy hard to stop and will open up more things for Patrick and the like. So I just think there's more in store here, and they – are just stopping Mike Williams on a fade from winning this game. So I'm not panicking and I'll be looking forward to seeing what they can do next week when they play the Eagles. The Eagles didn't really have that much for the Cowboys. I've got to think that the chiefs are going to be able to do a lot of the same things. And then we'll have the much tougher matchup versus the bills. 
that'll be interesting since they haven't been lighting it up the way we've expected either, even though they played a lot better this last week. Well, that's what I've got for this game. Like, listen, subscribe, and of course, download the podcast. That's the important metric. So let me know that you're here and have a great rest of your day.